This is Notoriously Episcopalian. My name is Kelly Hudlow. This is a podcast of sermons and musings all about the Christian faith and especially about being an Episcopalian. This is a sermon for the fourth Sunday after Advent, December 20th, 2020, offered at St. Barnabas Episcopal Church in Roanoke, Alabama, and for Trinity Commons Online Worship. The principal text for the sermon are 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1-11 through 11, and verse 16, as well as the Magnificat from the Gospel of Luke, and Luke chapter 1, verses 26-38, through 38, the angel Gabriel's visitation to Mary. May I speak in the name of one God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we finally have a gospel reading that sounds a little bit like Christmas. We have moved beyond the stories of John the Baptist and the scary apocalyptic preaching of Jesus. And here we get the story of the angel Gabriel visiting Mary and telling her that she was going to conceive a child and that that child would be the Son of God. But before we get to that near Christmas gospel, I want to spend a little bit of time considering our reading from 2 Samuel. The king that is referred to in that reading is King David. And as you might recall, David was sort of an unlikely king. He was the pretty-faced youngest son. He was the shepherd that soothed King Saul with his music. He was the young upstart that killed the giant Goliath. And he was a skilled warrior that managed to stay a step ahead of Saul when Saul wanted to kill him. After all of that, David is anointed king of Israel. In our reading this evening, we find David after he has conquered Jerusalem. He is brought of the Ark Ark of the Covenant to the city, and he even led the dancing celebration as the Ark was brought into Jerusalem. Now that King David has built himself a house and settled in, he makes the bold decision to build a house for God. At first, it seems like a great idea. The prophet Nathan gives him his blessing. After all, God has seemed to be with David his whole life. But God has a different idea. God has traveled with the people of Israel, among the people, in the tents, in the desert, since he brought them out of Egypt. God questions David's plans and even asking, Are you, are you the one that is to build me a house to live in? Have I ever asked for such a house? And so God sends Nathan to tell his servant, David, that God doesn't need a house and that, in fact, God is going to make David a house. Now, to really get the joke that's going on here, there, you have to understand that there's some wordplay involved. The Hebrew word for house, as in a building with walls and a roof, can also mean a dynasty or a legacy of a family. A house built on descendants, if you will. And that is what God promises to David. The Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me, and your throne shall be established forever. God, in this moment, chooses to act in the world through King David through the messiness of kingdom politics. 
The lectionary leaves out a few verses that I think are important to understanding of how big of a bet God is making on David. God assures David that he will have a son and that that son will, with God's permission, be allowed to build a house for God and that when David and the kings that come after him screw up, which they will, there will be consequences, but God will not take God's love from them like it was removed from Saul. God knows that kings are easily tempted by power and greed and stray from the vision of justice and mercy that God calls them to. The kings of Israel will be challenged by prophets and will ultimately face the consequences of division, invasion, defeat, exile, and Roman occupation. But in all of this, God remains unconditionally faithful in offering God's love. God's love continues and gives hope, the hope that one day God's anointed king would come. So, in the Gospel of Luke, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel of Gabriel, the angel Gabriel shows up not in the temple in Jerusalem, the house that was built for God by the kings, but instead in a backwater town on the Galilee to a young woman named Mary who was promised in marriage to Joseph of the house of David. Mary's response to the angel's greeting is not one of fear, but instead she is perplexed and ponders this greeting that she is favored by God and the Lord is with her. This is a greeting offered to a king or a prophet, not to a young woman from Nazareth. And so the angel goes on, explaining that Mary will give birth to a son and name him Jesus. He will be called Son of the Most High and will sit on the throne of his ancestor David. And unlike the earlier kings of Israel, this king, this kingdom will have no end. It would be later when Mary visits Elizabeth and sees that she is indeed pregnant, that she gives voice to the power of what will occur. Echoing the song of the prophetess Hannah, who sang of the reversals of the world with the coming of a king, Mary too sings of the proud being scattered, the mighty cast down, the lowly lift up, lifted up, the hungry filled, and the rich sent away empty. And in her song, she remembers God's faithfulness, God's unfailing promise, the promise made first to Abraham and his children. I think maybe in this moment, Mary is what God had hoped for from David. While she is an unlikely mother of a king, she responds to God's favor by recalling the audacious power of God's justice and mercy and by remembering God's presence with the people in the wilderness and exile and even in occupation. Mary knew and understood what David did not. God did not want a house with walls and a roof. God wanted a house of people willing to respond boldly to the Spirit of God and to seek justice in the world. So, when God again entered the messiness of kingdom politics, this time in a new way and to stay, God did not come to the safety of the temple 
but instead sent Gabriel to a forgotten place to find someone brave enough to believe nothing will be impossible with God and bold enough to respond, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Amen.